The following contains discussions and images of domestic and sexual violence. Listener discretion is advised. Diverse voices. Unique sound. Not the same old thing. Different. Different. This is NOCO FM. Welcome to Connecting a Better World, where we spend time meeting some of the most incredible human beings who make this world a better place. We will learn how each individual took their ideas, mission, and purpose to create and serve others in business and organizations that surround social good, social entrepreneurship, and social impact, and find out how we, together, can further connect others to help. I am your host, Dr. Natalie Phillips. Today, we will be talking with Charmy Gozalia, who is on the board of directors with Face Forward International, a nonprofit organization founded by Deborah Alessi and Dr. David Alessi on the principle that survivors of domestic violence, human trafficking, and cruel acts should have access to surgical care and emotional counsel regardless of their level of income. They exist to bridge this gap and provide these services free of charge to survivors. Face Forward International has provided over 500 life-changing surgeries to over 200 survivors. An average patient's treatment and visit costs approximately $10,000, and in 2018 alone, they provided over $1 million in free treatment services to their patients. Today, I'm super excited because I have a special guest. I actually know her husband, and he has been a guest on my show, Dr. Amit Gozalia, but I get to have the Charmy Gozalia with me today. I'm super excited, and I'm really excited to learn about this organization that she's a part of. So, Charmy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. All right. So before we even get to the organization that we're going to talk about today, I want to know more about you. So share with me a little bit more about your story. You know, what's your background? How did you get involved in this type of work that you're doing with the Face Forward International Organization? Yeah. So um, I was born and raised in Mumbai, India, Uh, moved to um, uh, United States, uh, almost 18 years ago uh, when I got married to my husband, Amit Kasalia, who you know very well, um, and uh, lived in different states. Um, and currently we are in Los Angeles and absolutely love it here. Awesome. And I know that you're a real estate agent and you know, what? tell me a little bit more about your background. Um, I've been in so many different professions um, from, you know, being um, a medical esthetician to um, uh, you know, be working side by side with plastic surgeons in the cosmetic aesthetic world and uh, going from that to owning an audiology um, private practice in Portland, Oregon with my husband. And now in Los Angeles, I'm in real estate and absolutely love it because I feel like it basically curates everything that I enjoy about working uh, from marketing to prospecting to just helping others uh, with their dreams and um, 
it's it's very rewarding to me when a transaction closes. <laughs> yeah, and I bet you it's so different too, just with the way that people are using technology now and using social media and having to get yourself out there a little bit more as a realtor. Because I feel like before it was just a phone call, you know, you make a one-on-one type of meeting. But now there's so much more that I really appreciate that realtors are getting themselves out there to show what they're doing. It's just it makes the whole process of you know looking and buying a home much less like a big deal because it you feel like you can connect to what you're looking at and and who you're working with as well so it's been interesting to watch how that's been pivoting and shifting yes absolutely um you know the uh tv shows like um on hgtv or just like uh, million dollar listings and those kind of shows in a way help a lot because people are aware of, of what exactly real estate agents have to do, even though they're very exaggerated and not all of it is reality. Uh, it still um, puts the agent's um, life out there and people do understand there's a lot more work involved than they used to believe. Right, uh, right. That kind of helped. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now, because of your background, now that I know you did work as an esthetician mm -hmm. and alongside, you know, facial plastic surgeon, things like that. So it, it cues me in a little bit more to, you know, how you got involved in this. And it's, and it's interesting because I know you and your husband, you know, Dr. Amit Kozalia, you guys are involved in many various philanthropies, you know, and philanthropic organizations. It's not just this one, but what inspires you to give back? Before, again, we get to the organization, you know, what inspires you and your husband to give back? And did you have a role model in your life or, you know, because you guys give back in so many different ways, what, what inspires you to do that? Yeah. Um, so I, I feel like we've always, from the time we've known each other, we always have believed in giving back and being involved in the community. And the ba best way to get involved in the community is to help people, to find out what the community needs and reach out to people and see how we can help them. And we've been doing that for 18 years, ever since we've been married. But I think it goes way back. Um, I think individually, we both have always liked uh, helping people, just doing whatever we can. Um, like to, to give you an example, when I was uh, very young, I think maybe uh, 10, 15 years old, I don't even remember, I used to go to an orphanage every single year on my birthday and spend my birthday at an orphanage um, just hanging out with the, uh, the kids there just you know taking stuff for them toys and things like that and it was very um, it was satisfying it was rewarding it was very fulfilling to me and um, uh, and that was just one of the things that I enjoyed doing when it came to giving back, there were so many organizations that I used to participate in, um, find out what they needed and volunteer and things like that. And my husband has a very similar story. Um, and so when we got married and uh, started uh, helping the community, whichever state we lived in, we would find out um, where the need was and would get involved there. 
we would find out uh, which organization connected with us and uh, find out how we could help them, whether it was time, whether it was money, just whatever we could do. Um, you can't always spend a lot of hours in, uh, uh, you know, helping the, the organizations. Then you find out how we can help them financially. And at the same time, you can't always spend a lot of money uh, in helping all the organizations. So then you find out if there's a way we can just volunteer a few hours or just, you know, help raise them money, maybe do a fundraiser for them or something like that. And uh, that just has always given us a tremendous joy. And uh, um, I think that's something that we're always going to do. Yeah. And I know that you guys have a daughter and it's really neat to hear that, especially on your birthday, your parents did that with you because most of the time, and I don't know if you have brothers and sisters and, and also they did that on their birthdays, but for a parent to think about, okay, you know, it's not just about gifts and what we give you, but really teaching your child early on that even though this is, you know, the day that we celebrate that you entered the world and we're so thankful for you, there are other things that you need to also focus on because a birthday is so special, you know, but at the same time, your parents, you know, whoever took you to do that was also teaching you a very important life lesson as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was actually uh, one of my best friends who uh, used to go to an orphanage uh, where we lived in our area. And she was the one that said, well, and it was not on my birthday. She just took me on a, on a, uh, you know, uh, regular day. And she said, well, I want to take you somewhere special that I really enjoy going. Uh, why don't you come with me? And I think you will like it because you love kids. And I said, okay. I went with her and I was blown away by how, um, how, how the happiness that I felt, the joy that I felt by just being there and um, taking toys for them um, and uh, taking canned food for them and just whatever um, uh, they needed, actually. So she was the one that um, started this with me and I just absolutely was blown away by by how fulfilling the whole experience was and I decided to do it on my birthday um, and it became a ritual from there wow and, uh, do you do things like this with your daughter as well to get her involved yeah not not specifically the same exact thing but we do involve her in everything that we do um, any organization that we've ever been a part of, nonprofit organization, we make sure that she attends the events with us. She attends uh, any volunteering uh, that we do, and she understands what, uh, why we're doing it, and what needs to be done, and things like that. And from the beginning, she, that's that's what she's known. Um, and I feel like it's very important for for all parents to do that. Um, if you start involving your kids at a very young age, I mean, that kindness is going to stay with them forever. That's yeah. all they're going to know. Yeah. Um, and uh, it only grows from there. So I think yeah. it's very important to understand that. Yeah, I agree. You know, I, my son, we do the Young Men's Service League. So in the four years of his high school career or life, uh, he and I volunteer. 
uh, throughout the community with other moms and sons. And then my daughter just started the National Charity League with myself. So with the Young Men's Service League, it's four years of their high school life. With the National Charity League, you can start as early as um, sixth grade, no, seventh grade, I'm sorry. So it's six years. It's six years starting in seventh grade. And now I'm doing that with my daughter as well. So I'm doing both sides, but I still think it's, it's definitely something that you've got to carve out time. I think it's really important uh, to do before I feel like they move out of from underneath your roof and, you know, to instill that really, like you said, the kindness, you know, just the awareness of what's going on in the community and how you can put yourself out there, whatever it is versus, you know, whether it be financially time, you know, volunteer time, spreading the word, spreading awareness. You know, I think it's really great that you and um, Dr. Gothalia are doing that uh, for your daughter as well. And I think it's because you guys are so involved. Every time I look, you know, and see what you guys are doing, there's so many different organizations. The organization, though, that I wanted to talk to you about today is Face Forward International. So tell me more about what this organization is all about. Yeah, so Face Forward, organize, uh, Face Forward International um, supports um, survivors of uh, human trafficking, uh, child sex trafficking, domestic violence, or any cruel acts of crime. Uh, there are so many survivors out there who need our help, who um, need, uh, you know, whether it's uh, surgeries or just emotional support, um, they need our help. And that's what the founders, uh, Deborah Alessi and Dr. Alessi, um, uh, decided to do. And they've had this organization for the last, uh, I believe, 12 years now. And they've helped uh, hundreds and thousands of survivors internationally. It started here in America and then it grew from there. And now they're helping um, um, survivors in uh, uh, Thailand and Vietnam and India and so many different countries out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, it's it's really an honor to be a part of this organization and um, to be on the board and uh, you know just do my part um, and just hearing the survivors' stories. And, uh, you know the cruelty that they've been through it's it's physically you know um uh, scarring for them and at the same time emotionally scarring and they absolutely need all the help possible because these are uh lifelong scars that unless you know um, you provide medical assistance they're never going to be able to get out of it and so I'm just absolutely um, uh, happy that, you know, and I feel like we're just doing our small part in this huge organization and everything that the survivors need. But, you know, that's, that's, that's what you have to find out. Like, what is it that you can help and just take it from there? Mm-hmm. And especially from your point of view, you know, being an esthetician where you're helping people, you know, prevent different things and really taking care of, you know, their skin, their faces, you know, whatever it is. And then also working alongside a plastic surgeon, you know, whether it be <clears throat> surgery, 
to correct something or, you know, to enhance something or even, you know, surgery to fix something like what you guys are seeing with Face Forward. Um, what are some of the things that you can give my listeners as far as, I know that this is a very sensitive, you know, um, topic and material. And if you go and visit faceforwardinternational.org, uh, and it is actually, yeah, www.faceforwardintl.org. If you go and you actually visit their website, you can actually see people that have probably benefited from this organization. But Charmy, for you and, and your perspective, what have you seen, if you've seen people and talked to them, or what have you heard through just being on the board of directors as well, what usually happens for people who have no idea what happens to, you know, people who were uh, human trafficked, sex trafficked, you know, all these other cruel things that could happen. Um, what are some of the things that you can share with my listeners of what actually happens that they have to have um, repaired, fixed, whatever the term might be? I know that there was a post recently that I saw about panda eyes. And I just read about that and I was just appalled at what panda eyes were. And I don't know if you've heard about that at all. Okay. So again, this is really sensitive material, but I think that because we have this platform, I want to talk about it. But somebody had posted recently on social media pictures of kids and adults, but a lot of kids and infants, I'm saying, with these really dark circles around the eyes. And they were called panda eyes. And the reason why they got those eyes was because those kids were sexually abused and sodomized. And I thought, oh my gosh, because what happens is the trauma and the pressure is so strong that the blood vessels burst around their eyes. And I was just appalled. And, you know, it, the post was something about, you know, it's celebrities that are, are making really dark circles around their eyes. They're actually mimicking this. And, and I don't know if that was true or not. But it, to me, I took out the learning piece of what that actually is to look at if I'm passing by somebody and I happen to see it, then think about that, you know. And this is really a platform to share awareness. So going back to maybe what you've learned in some of the meetings or discussions that you've had as a, as a board member, you know, what are some of the things that uh, you see come through this organization of what has happened to people and what do they have to have done um, by Dr. Alessi or some other partners that yeah. do plastic surgery? Um, so I've met with patients who are survivors and when you talk to them, they're truly survivors. They're really strong. They're so heroic. It's, it's inspiring to even talk to them. Um, most of them, they, they have lost their sense of hearing, sense of uh, vision. They, they're completely scarred on their face, depending on the violence that they've been through. Uh, some of them are acid survivors. Some of them are just um survivors of um, um just cruelty like they've been through so many um uh physical issues uh some of them can't walk and they have a hard time talking and it's very emotional thing for them when you talk to them about it, it, it they 
a lot of times they don't want to go there. And those who are strong and have um, found the courage to speak up, um, it, it's really, um, uh, I'm actually, I can't think of the word I'm, I'm uh, trying to say. Uh, it's it's really inspiring to know where they came from and what they went through and now what they see themselves um, doing in the future. Um, so a lot of these patients, um, they don't come from, um, you know, um, a normal life uh you know what i mean like a lot of them come from a whole different background where they're surrounded by uh violence they're surrounded by human trafficking and, and all that is their normal and it's very unfortunate that they have to be a part of that um and they become victims whether they want it or not they become victims of this and um uh, when organizations like face forward um, there are several organizations internationally that uh, try their best to help domestic violence and human trafficking victims. And uh, Face Forward International uh, partners with them and uh, tries to get those patients out of there and then bring them here to America and provide pro bono reconstructive surgeries and uh, uh, whatever emotional support or any other kinds of uh, support that they need. Um, actually, uh, my husband, Amit, uh, he is on the advisory board and he um, he and I decided when we joined the organization, we're going to... Um, you know, um, do our best to help them. And he's an audiologist, so he has access to hearing aids. And he decided he was going to uh, donate hearing aids and, and any uh, hearing services that these um, uh, patients may require. Not all of them need hearing um, uh, services, but whoever needs it, he is there to help them. And uh, at the same time, there are uh, patients need um, assistance with uh, psychological issues, then we have somebody else on the board who helps them with, um, you know, therapy and just emotional support that they need. And there are so many different um, uh, physicians who have uh, stepped up to uh, go out of their way and help these patients, whatever the need might be. There's also a, um, a cosmetic dentist who's helping patients uh, with their dental work. And there's um, uh, so many other physicians that they're just so, um, uh, they're, you know, uh, they're the people that you want to surround yourself with. They're the ones that inspire you to do more and um, go out of your way and just do your part in this world and give back to the community. Um, so I'm sorry, I think I lost the question. <laughs> no, no, and you know, and, and it was just mainly, you know, you talked about <clears throat> what some of the different services, I guess, that people would be able to get with face forward because face forward, you know, the first thing you think of face forward is, okay, I see a plastic surgeon. Okay. I get it. You know, maybe just, 
um, doing some plastic surgery for victims, but it's a lot more, and you just explained it. It's a lot more. You have partners, you have board members, you have advisory board members that can help give in different ways, you know, with the psychological part, the emotional part, the hearing part, all of these things really give the victims and the survivors, I should say, um, the ability to know that people believe in them and also that you're almost like you're giving them the key to having confidence back. I mean, they, I can't even fathom what they had to go through emotionally, but to be able to say, Hey, no matter what you look like, no matter what um, happened to you was very unfortunate, but we're going to take your hand and hold your hand and help you get back out there. And, and that's the whole thing about face forward too, is that, you know, it's great to hear that it's not just, you know, about fixing, you know, what you look like, but it's really the emotional part. It's everything, you know, to get that person to believe that people love them and believe in them. again. Right. And just to um, give you an idea of what's involved in the entire process, uh, when you're dealing with uh, uh, survivors that are, that don't live here in the country, you basically have to make sure you have um, uh, the appropriate visa for them. You have um, travel plans arranged for them. And then when they come here, their boarding, lodging, everything has to be taken care of. So Face Forward takes care of all of that and not just reconstructive surgery and emotional support. There's so many aspects of it involved that I learned about after joining the board. I had no idea what the process involved. Um, you think about all the different aspects um, that are needed to put a human being together to try your best to you know give them a normal life as much as possible it's 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 mind-blowing how many different aspects uh, how many small little aspects of it can make a big difference um when they when they're staying here for their surgery you have to think of the recovery period what if they need help during the recovery? Who's going to be by them uh, through the recovery? They can't always have somebody come with them from their country. And so we need to have someone here available for them 24-7 to make sure that they're well taken care of and they feel comfortable. And also the language barrier. When they come from different countries, they don't necessarily speak English. So you have to find a translator here or you have to find um, someone that's just willing to help them and make them feel comfortable and at home. Um, and these are all the aspects that you never realize mm. until you become a part of the organization. And I'm just so... On a daily basis, when I read about Face Forward and find out more and more about what they do, it's, it's really so impressive. And that's exactly how it all started. Um, my husband and I, we attended one of their events uh, last year, um, their annual gala. And uh, when we heard the patients speak about their experience and how Face Forward helped them, it was incredible. It, we were sold right then and there. And then we need to do something. We need to be a part of this. And we started talking about, okay, what can we do and how can we help? And um, Amit being an audiologist, he immediately said, well, 
I can help them with their hearing um, services. And I said, well, I, I'm going to look into joining the board and see how I can help spread the word and how I can do my part in helping the, the survivors. And uh, that's how it all started. And the more events we attended, um, their fundraisers, the more we feel like it's not enough. We need to do more. People need to be aware of this cause and people need to get involved. And not many people even talk about this. And that's, that's something that needs to change. Um, yeah. We're just trying our, our, you know, our, doing our part and just trying our best to do whatever we can. So let's talk about the events. So there was an annual gala, um, but what other types of events does Face Forward, or, well, let's say, what other events does Face Forward put on to help spread awareness, or are there different ways that people can help you spread this awareness to get people to know more about this organization? Yeah, there are quite a few events, and uh, I believe once a month there is some form of event whether it's a small fundraiser or just uh, uh you know collaborating with um, uh, some business to help spread the awareness there's always something going on and uh, the best way to find out about it is through either social media or the website um and of course you know um I'm happy to share my information so that people can reach out and uh, talk to me about, uh, uh, you know, if they're interested in helping in any way, uh, whether it's volunteering or just, uh, you know, donating some money. Um, if someone is interested in volunteering, I would say, uh, you know, start with any event that's coming up, just the, um, attend the event, start there. Um, and see um, uh, what kind of people are involved in this and, um, you know, what everyone else's experience is and why everyone is involved and what made them get involved and things like that. And we usually have uh, one or two patients at the events so that people can connect and understand the purpose and the cause. And um, um, so anyone that's interested in volunteering uh, can speak to the patients directly and um, um, find out their needs and, and then take it from there and, and see how, you know, what suits their, their, um, uh, I would say their, uh, whether it's their time or just, you know, the lifestyle and everything. Yeah. And so if we've got professionals listening, I know that you're based out of LA, although it's an international organization, um, you know, do you have partners throughout the U.S. or even internationally? So let's say if somebody's listening to this and they're a plastic surgeon or they're an audiologist or they're a, a psychologist or a psychiatrist, whatever, you know, that they can do to help and they're interested in getting involved, would your organization be able to work with other professionals that might want to get involved in their own states? Yes, absolutely. Um, so all the surgeries and all the, the treatments that we provide are done here because the organization is based out of LA. So it's convenient for us to um, uh, take care of everything from here. So any of the providers that are based in LA, definitely reach out to me or just the organization directly and uh, um, 
it'll be great to have them on board. Um, but if you are out of state, then the best thing to do is to reach out and see how we can partner. And if there is just the, the donation that you're able to do, or if we ever need any providers out of state, then we can definitely partner. Um, we have quite a few organizations that we have partnered with internationally just to um, help the patients or the survivors get out of that country and bring them here because our treatments are all done here. Uh, so we need to make sure that the patients are able to come here for all of their treatments. Um, and it's not just the surgeries, it's also the follow-up. Sometimes we have to send them back home after the surgeries and then bring them back just to make sure that they're doing okay um, uh, post-surgeries. Um, so yes, we have to partner with a lot of different organizations out of, uh, uh, I mean, internationally. Mm -hmm. And I think it's good too. So if you're a, a provider and you are listening to this and it's touching your heart and it's something that you want to get involved in, there's many ways like Charmy had mentioned, it could be a financial donation or it could be, you know, a percentage of, you know, something that you're doing a service that you're doing in your own office and you give that percentage to face forward. Um, and that would be your help or, you know, reaching out to them to find out, Hey, I am in, I don't know, Colorado or something like that. And, you know, if you have somebody that lives in this area and, you know, to cut down expenses, you know, maybe we might want to do something pro bono and, you know, partner with Face Forward International um, and kind of get something set up there. So there's multiple ways to think of how you can um, help out this organization, uh, whether it be even sharing what they're doing on social media as well. That is free and that is something that, everybody should be doing. If there's something that you see on social media that you love, that you want to share out, I encourage people to do that on a regular basis. Um, so let's talk about the patient process because I'm curious to know how do you accept survivors and um, do you have to turn any away and is there a process? I know that you've got patient intake forms on your website, yeah. but how do they get referred to you? Does the board have to approve them? How does that all work logistically? All of the above, it completely depends on uh, what the need is and where the patient is coming from. Uh, if it's an international patient, then we usually connect with uh, organizations um, uh, in their country and uh, find out more about the patients. And, and that's because um, that's our only connection with the patient. I mean, how do you know who's coming from where and how we can help them? And, um, you know, also the language barrier and all of that. So we usually connect with their local organizations and they help with the, um, uh, you know, uh, with getting the patients here and um, also uh, staying connected with them after surgery. Um, and here locally, um, you know, of course, there's patient intake form, but uh, our um, the director, um, uh, Mandy, she usually will connect with the patients um, first. She will talk to them and uh, find out their exact needs and uh, what happened and how uh, we can help because not 
all of them need surgeries, not all of them need the support that um, we provide. So we need to make sure that they're in the right place and uh, um, that they that we are able to help them with their needs. And if we don't, then we will refer them to um, uh, an organization that can help them better. Yeah. So what you're saying too, and especially the vetting process is that you also work with other organizations. So say like I have a greater organization called Rescue One Global and they go in and they actually, you know, they try to prevent, they rescue um, people that have been uh, human trafficked. And so, you know, it would be organizations like that, that might be listening as well, that might need to refer people to you or but you're saying if even the organizations um because you're working with these already um established organizations that they help the vetting process of who they send as well as the follow-up afterward that's key too especially if they don't live in the la area in california right and i have to say that the follow-up is key because the physicians will do the surgeries and then they send them back home. But what happens in their home after the surgeries is as important as getting the surgeries. Uh, we need to make sure that there is no complications post-surgeries and also the emotional uh, turmoil that they go through post-surgeries. Are they able to um face the new world that they're in are they able to move forward post-surgery do they see themselves moving forward do they have a plan for um after um uh, all the physical aspects of it is taken care of um and that's when the emotional support comes in um uh, and we make sure that they um, they feel ready, they're, they're prepared to face the world, and we try our best to get them out of their surroundings because the surrounding where the violence happened is, of course, not the safer environment for them to be in anymore. So we need to make sure that they get out of there and whether it's helping them, um, you know, um, be in a better positive uh, environment or uh, you know make sure that they they have plans of getting a job or just getting out of that environment is very important for them and that's that's also something that um, face forward helps them with mm -hmm. so I know that you've been involved in or with face forward for probably about a year you said you just went to the gala last year you already are on the board you know uh your husband is already involved as well is there any project or story that you've experienced by volunteering your time in this organization that may have touched your heart and is the reason that you continue to give back in this way um every patient that we have met or just read the story about it has been so touching so moving at the gala itself there were quite a few patients quite a few survivors that shared the stories and um some of them weren't even able to talk because they were just so emotional about the whole um uh, you know uh, their experience and um when we heard about their stories it was absolutely moving and i think um uh the one that really 
moved us was a mother and daughter um, team that um, you know suffered for so many years. Um, um, the mother was the survivor, and she went through a lot of um, abuse. Uh, when she was younger and when her daughter was three years old and um i believe she was an acid victim and um lost her vision she couldn't see her daughter uh, who was just three years old and she lost um, her hearing she her face was completely destroyed um and and she was completely um uh emotionally scarred and and her daughter was only three years old and she could no longer see her daughter. And that, that was really what really broke my heart. And, and that's when Amit and I said, we need to do something. Um, but the part that was so inspiring for us was when we actually met the mother and daughter at the event and the daughter was 13 years old. And so for 10 years, the mother had not been able to see her daughter and uh, watch her grow up or anything like that. And um, the daughter was living with the mother who, you know, was, basically you know not not be able to be a mother anymore because she was she was a handicap for 10 years that's all the daughter knew and um uh, face forward helped them um not only get out of there provided surgeries for the mother several surgeries sometimes it's not just one surgery that they need they need a few reconstructive surgeries and um and so uh, uh, what i realized was that it's not just the mother that this organization is helping it's also the daughter the family members the, the loved ones that are with the patients um and um, it changes their lives as well so when the mother was able to see her daughter and hear the daughter for the first time after 10 years it was absolutely life-changing and i'm proud to say that amit was able to help the patient with her hearing and it's absolutely incredible um you know how it changed her life and the daughter's life and now they're 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 so happy and so thankful and it's it's like i have no words to express how how you know fulfilling that is yeah. and of course they've they've gone back to their country and uh, um the organization keeps in touch with them and uh, uh make sure that they're doing okay uh and that's that's what this is about and that's mm. that's what makes it so special yeah and that's a great point i was getting chills as you were telling me that story because you made a great point it isn't just about the survivor but it's about their family and their loved ones that you know just as a byproduct of what they all went through or that that one person went through that you are rescuing everybody and you are giving this this love and care and support and belief back to the entire family and i do have to shout out to your husband dr amit gozali from west Valley Hearing Center, I do remember uh, seeing that as well. And I believe that was the patient. So I, I totally remember seeing that. And 
thank goodness that you guys were involved so that he was able to give her back her hearing as well. You know, not having an audiologist, you don't think about those things, but having an audiologist as an advisory board uh, member and being able to offer those services is, is huge. So I do have to shout out to your husband as well, because that was, that's amazing. And that's only in the short of the 12 years, you know, having an audiologist on board is, is probably very, very helpful for those people who need that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. So one of my very last questions that I love to ask is um, because I like to hear just from the perspective of my guests, but what might be one piece of advice that you would be able to share with my listeners on just making the world a better place? I think I have to say, start small. Start with something that is close to your heart, something that touches your heart, whether it's just uh, uh, a couple hours of your time or whether it's just, it could be as small as $5 um, of donation. If, if uh, you know, if donating money is not your thing, if it's not convenient for you, then just give your time, be a part of the organization, go to, whatever their event might be, um, uh, talk to the organizers, talk to the founders. There's usually a reason why they start an organization like this. Um, and, and if possible, meet with the survivors. And that that is so fulfilling, so rewarding, I can't express. And that's something you have to... Um, you have to find a connection with uh, for yourself. Not all organizations are going to move you. You have to find the right one for yourself. So uh, do some research. There are a ton of nonprofits out there. Just see what really moves your heart. See which story really connects with you. Um, and then just meet with the people that are, that are behind the scenes and um, if possible talk to the patients or survivors or victims whatever you want to call them and um, just start small and you have no idea how fulfilling, uh, fulfilling and rewarding it is until you actually experience it um, it's it's as simple as um, giving someone a gift and seeing that joy on their faces but if if you give a gift to someone that you don't even know it's even more rewarding because they didn't expect that from you they they're not expecting you to do anything for them and yet you're doing it and that's the best feeling ever um and uh there's so many people that need our help and if we are able to do something um it's it's truly a blessing that's awesome. That's such great advice. Thank you so much, Charmy, for being here and for spending your time with, uh, with me, with my listeners, just to give us an example of what people are doing in this world and for sharing Facebook International. And I also want to thank you and your husband, uh, Dr. Gozali, because this is just one of the organizations I know that you guys are involved in. But at the same time, you know, People like you just 
giving your heart and giving as much as you can wherever you can, that's what we have to learn and we have to take on, especially in this year of 2020, where we're all getting hit. It comes back to really your heart and your passion. And I really am so thankful to know both of you and am so thankful that you took this time to share with us about Pace Forward International. Thank you so much for having me, Natalie. Thank you so much for tuning in to Connecting a Better World, and thank you, NOCO FM, for supporting this show. If you haven't heard, NOCO FM is dedicated to bringing diverse voices and spotlighting a unique culture to Fort Collins and beyond. For more information, please visit www.noco.fm. If you connected to something in this episode, we would love to hear from you. Our contact info will be listed in the show notes, as well as you can reach us on our social media channels. Please feel free to share our podcast with your friends and loved ones. For more shows, please tune in to noco.fm online. This has been a production of NOCO FM.